What is the part that prayer plays in the fulfilling of Bible prophecy? And we are so honored to be joined by one of Irvin Baxter's childhood friends today. All this and more today on End Time. Welcome to In Time. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so happy you've joined us today. We're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-IN-TIME, 877-363-8463. You know, we've been taking some breaks from our normal prophecy content um, and current events content, and Doug and I have felt just urged to talk about revival. And I know Dave's been talking about that as well um, when he's on the show. And so um, we just felt like it was appropriate. We've been having our annual board meetings with our board of directors here at End Time and someone that is on the board happens to be a childhood friend of Irvin Baxter's who's the founder of End Time Ministries of course and we felt like it would be appropriate to have him on the show with us. He um, gave a devotion last year to our board of directors and he talked about uh, what prayer has to do with fulfilling Bible prophecy and Doug and I talked about it and we said we've got to have him on the show to talk about it plus He's got a lot of stories about Irvin that some of y'all have never heard before, perhaps some of the stuff I've never heard. So we are excited, Pastor Straub, to have you with us today. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while, so I know, I know how excited Doug and I are that you're with us. Well, it's a joy to be here with you. Uh, I can't express just how proud that uh, I am of you and Dave and, and Doug. You guys are just doing an outstanding job with this ministry that my dear friend Irvin started some years back. And uh, I, I think he would just have to smile <laughs> as he looks at what's taking place with you guys. You're doing an outstanding job and I commend you for that. Wow, thank you. Thank you. you know, Doug started with End Time. He was just driving down the road, listening on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Found it on the radio one day. And well, well, one yeah. thing is, and he came to a Bible study here in this very studio, this room that we're sitting yes, in. Yes, I did. And one thing has led to another. And so he got to travel a lot with Irvin and Judy. And mm -hmm. um, I, know how, I know how proud he would be of you too, Doug. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> I know so. Um, and, and our whole team has just has been awesome as we've navigated um, the transition where, you know, Irvin passed away. And here we are now. And the future is very bright. We haven't seen anything yet. God is doing a wonderful work. And uh, we're so excited to be uh, serving with this team for his sake. Now, we're going to get into some stories um, that Pastor Straup has about Irvin Baxter. Before we do, I want to remind you that we're taking a tour to Israel here in a few months. Doug's going with his wife, Tina. Dave and Jana are going. And we would love for you to join us. Go to endtime.com tour. We are going to see the Temple, Mount, the Temple Mount, excuse me, the Wailing Wall. They will go to the Sea of Galilee. They will go all over Israel, and you're going to hear about it from a prophetic perspective. So make plans to join us in Israel by going to endtime.com tour or calling 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Now, Pastor Straub, I think I have it correct that, that you and Irvin go back like, ch like young children, right? When, when did do. you meet him? We do. I first met Irvin when his father left Missouri and accepted a pastorate in Richmond, Indiana. Okay. And uh, I think I first became acquainted with him on uh, an old Methodist campground that our district used to rent up by Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. And uh, Irvin was about 12 when his dad came 
somewhere in there. I was a year younger. And, uh, you know, he, he just was one who always demanded attention. He was just uh, a, a bright, shining star. He always had that huge smile. I mentioned some things. I was honored to speak at his memorial service, and I mentioned some things that, uh, that we experienced as children and, uh, and even as young adults. <laughs> you know, boys sometimes hey, never stop being boys. Don't draw the line at young. I yes. know how you guys were. <laughs> we had so much fun every time that we were together. I mean, uh, I can still see him as boys at that camp yeah. down at the creek. I told this at his funeral. Down at the creek, which, by the way, was off limits. We weren't supposed to be down there. And, and uh, he was just, this first memory I have of him was him surrounded by other guys. It was like him against the world. And he's the one, of course, who instigated this water fight and was splashing water and laughing to high heaven, you know. And it was just a, a, a great memory. We, we became acquainted with that. Uh, after that, we were in the same youth rally group. And, uh, of course, he was always... Uh, Despite being such a fun person, he was really focused. He was a devout Christian ever, even as a young teenager, and whereas I, as a, as a teen, sometimes struggled in my walk. But uh, he was an encouragement. I respected him, even when we were just kids. I respected him, and he demanded that. He was just that type of person. <laughs> now, he tells story. I'm sorry, you're going on. No. He tells story about when he was, he was called to preach. Do you remember at all when he went through his, his teenage years trying to preach, but he, he didn't feel called yet? Do you remember any of that? I kind of remember him telling that story. I don't, I don't remember the uh, details of it now. Okay. He told many stories about his father, yes. the great faith that his dad had, like the time when they had some unexpected guests come to their house and really had no money to, mm -hmm. to buy any food, but, but uh, he just felt... Uh, that the Lord would have him go to the grocery store. So he went and just filled the card up as if he had the money to pay for it yeah. and came up to the cash register and, and the, uh, the cashier said, well, you know, Reverend, you've been coming here for so long. Today it's just on us. He was just that type. And, and you know, <laughs> Irvin Jr., uh, he acquired that same type of faith and followed mm -hmm. in the footsteps of both of his parents. Actually, they were great people of faith that I deeply respected as a child. Absolutely. Um, how about when he wrote a message for the president? Do you remember that time? He, he wrote that book in 1986. And he, he tells us, he told us of, of friends that said, Irvin, I don't think you want to put in there that the Berlin Wall is going to come down. And he said, oh, I've got to put it. And so I imagine you probably were around when some of that chatter was occurring. Well, you, you know, he did talk to me about it, but I, I was one of those that tried to stop him. I figured if, if Irvin... Uh, feels to do it, he's going to do it, and he's yeah. got a word from God. Yeah. So it was pretty amazing that, what was it, three years yeah. before that actually happened when none of us thought that would ever happen, that he got this uh, revelation from the Lord, really. And sure enough, three years later in 1989, I believe it was, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. came to pass just as uh, he thought it would. Amazing man. Yeah, yeah. and you had some Doug? I was just going to say, I mean, talking about the many stories about their, their childhood and everything, what kind of, because um, he, he would tell me stories about being an athlete and stuff like that. What, how athletic was he during that? <laughs> really, Doug? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, and I'll none tell of you us why were probably as good as we tell our kids. Yeah, about. right. <laughs> but he was good. Yeah. Uh, and he was a competitor, always right. a competitor. You yeah. know, uh, I can still see, I was thinking about that today. 
there at that same campgrounds. Uh, of course, we'd play softball. Yeah. It was pretty amusing watching some of those preachers. You saw some traits come out of the preachers sometimes <laughs> that you didn't expect. And uh, but Irvin was he was an in, he loved to play the infield. Uh-huh. Can't remember if it was second base or shortstop, but he shortstop of course. Anything he did, of course, he did it heartily. Right. Yeah. As to the Lord, he was he was a good yeah. athlete. And then as adults. There were some of us young preachers. I don't know how much time we have. You've got 10 seconds. Okay. We'll we, finish we, on the other I'll side finish the, the story on the yeah. other side. All right. Well, make sure that you don't go anywhere because you want to hear the rest of this and several other stories. We do have open lines, 877 times the number to call. And then Pastor Straup is going to be sharing a message on prayer and prophecy, so you don't want to go anywhere. You've got to hear this. We'll be right back. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back to End Time. Ben Stegall here with Doug Norvell, a very special guest. Pastor Robert Straup is with us, who is a childhood friend of Irvin Baxter's. And so we're hearing some Irvin Baxter story. And he's going to be talking about prayer here in a few moments. So uh, now is the perfect time. You need to stop what you're doing and hit the share button. Hit the heart icon. Comment. Let us know that you're watching. Everybody on Facebook needs to hear what Pastor Straup has to say about prayer. So be sure to do that. Make sure you tell everybody you know to get on here. Um, before we get into, a, he, he left off on a story that you've got to hear, and we're going to get into the prayer. But before we do that, I want to remind you that we're coming out with three new videos on End Time Plus. They're exclusively releasing on End Time Plus this coming Friday. Warn the Jews will publish at midnight. So be sure that you are either subscribed to End Time Plus or that you have the free trial. You can get it for seven days totally free if you go there right now. Watch.endtime.com 
or endtime.com slash new. Warn the Jews releases this week. The Two Witnesses releases the week after that. And then the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom releases from three weeks from now. So be sure that you're on End Time Plus um, and you will get exclusive access to those three new videos that release this month. All right, Pastor Straub, something about young preachers and what they do. We all want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Doug was asking about was, was he a, a good athlete when yes. he was young and so on. Well, he was very earnest and he was good. He was good. But as young preachers, I pastored up in northwest Indiana, just 40 miles from downtown Chicago. And of course, he was in Richmond, Indiana. But about five of us Indiana young preachers would meet in Indianapolis. I think it was on the first Monday of every month and uh, at the Indianapolis Athletic Club. And Jim Larson was a member there, and he, he'd get us all in there. So we would have lunch together, and then we would have three hours where we would just challenge one another in regards to revival and what to do. And, and of course, Irvin, being Irvin, would be on the edge of his seat about like you are right now. And he would, <laughs> he would be the one when we'd say, I don't know, Irvin, I don't know. And he'd say, come on, guys, we can, we can do this. We got this. We, he was the one that was always such an inspiration in those times. And then afterwards, we would go play racquetball. And uh, of course, he was a handball player. So when he got that racket and had that extra length on there, he's used to have to get it with his hand. Yeah. So he was tough. Yeah. He was tough. I did want to mention before I get into this uh, lesson on prayer, Urban was a celebrity. He would come up, we scheduled him every March up in Merrillville, Indiana, where I pastored and uh, I'm retired now, but he, he, would, uh, he would come up there every March. And the last time he was there, we went to a restaurant. I think he was there on a Friday night and a Sunday morning. On that Saturday, we went out to eat in some restaurant there in, in the local area. And, uh, and, and, you know, I kept noticing this guy staring at Irvin. Finally, he came over and, are you Irvin Baxter? <laughs> he said, well, yes, I am, yes, I am. Asked him for his autograph, did all these things. I said, Good grief, Irvin, you're, you're a celebrity. I mean, I've been coming to this restaurant for 40 years. Nobody's ever asked me for an autograph. Well, the next day we took him to a nice place on Sunday dinner and, and uh, you know, it happened again. This guy this time had his Bible. He was very devout. He came over and said, are you Irvin Baxter? I, I thought, crying out loud. He said, yes. And he said, would you sign my Bible for oh Sir Irvin signed his Bible? Would you, can, could I get a picture with you? So, wow. I mean, the guy, my friend said, he was a celebrity. Yeah. And I think when we see end time ministries and, and what this man accomplished in his lifetime, it, it's a testament to the kind of man he was. Mm -hmm. yeah. The work ethic, the character, the love of God, uh, the, the pure faith. He really was a very amazing man. I just, I just loved him. I just loved him. I, I have a similar story like that. We were on an airplane, and my wife and I are sitting there a few rows back from Brother Baxter, and the pilot comes out and walks over to him. Are you Irvin Baxter? And they have the this pilot. conversation. And I looked over at Tina and said, well, we don't have to worry about this flight. Our pilot <laughs> is a Christian, and he knows Brother Baxter, so we're good. But the pilot of all people comes out of the cockpit and introduces himself to Brother Baxter. Well, I might really have been worried about it. I'd say, who's up in the cockpit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this was before we took off, so we were okay. We were still on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Straub, there is so much turmoil going on in our world. You know, banks have shut down. All this crazy wars are happening. Mm -hmm. 
and you know Doug and I and and really all of End Time and a lot of people that we're associated with feel this call to revival. We feel this call to um, a closer walk with the Lord. And as I thought about the devotion that you shared last year in our board meeting on prayer, I mean that has just stuck with so many of us here, and we felt like our whole audience needs to hear this very message. And so I don't know how you want to get into it, but I think it'd be appropriate to dive right off into that now. Well, I remember that, and, and I did bring a few notes to that was a year ago after all. Yes. But uh, I did cut it from what, of course, I taught in that devotion. But the Bible clearly teaches that God always answers prayers, the prayers of his people mm -hmm. that are prayed in his will. For that is, in fact, the, the very purpose of prayer. That's why that God instituted prayer in the first place was to bring his will to pass on this earth. And, and that, that's why the beloved John, the apostle in his first epistle said, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him and that we uh, desired of him. So John could say that because he understood this wonderful truth, the truth that I just proclaimed, that the purpose of prayer, the very purpose of prayer is to bring his will to pass. And so that means that nothing in regards to God's will for mankind can or will happen without our involvement in prayer because it's like the psalmist said in the 115th Psalm, the heaven, even the heaven of heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. So he's made us responsible for what happens here. And that no doubt is why the world is such a mess today. But here's the reason why that uh, when, when G that's the reason why that Jesus, when he taught his disciples how to pray, he said, pray this way. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So that's what prayer is all about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so God is committed to always answering prayers that are prayed in his will. But here's the thing, and this is key. He doesn't always answer those prayers immediately. And the reason for that is, has something to do with his foreordained timing. Hebrews 11.3 has been a very interesting scripture to me. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds, most people when they read this think it's talking about the physical world, the cosmos, but the Greek word there is not cosmos, it's eons. He did create the physical world, but this isn't talking about that in this verse. We understand that the eons or the ages of time were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen, for instance, in our world that you're talking about today, like the Russian bear, the British lion, the American eagle, the German leopard, that's been in the news recently of Daniel chapter 7, were not made of things which, which do appear. In, in other words, they didn't just happen. They don't just happen by chance. They were planned by God from the foundation of the world. And so God, from the very beginning, put all of the future ages of time in, in the order in which he plans to bring them to pass. That's why God said through Isaiah the prophet, I am God, there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times of things that are not yet done. So consider this. A little while later, several verses later in Hebrews 11, which is the heroes of faith, the Old Testament heroes of faith, he said, all of these Old Testament heroes of faith, all of them died in faith, not having received the promises. They had promises, but they hadn't received them. And yet they died in faith, 
having seen those promises afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. So all of these great Old Testament men and women of God, these heroes of faith, died without ever having those things that God had shown them, things that they had earnestly prayed for, ever come to pass within their lifetimes. They saw them afar off. They embraced them. No doubt earnestly prayed about them, but their prayers were never answered while they were still alive. And then First Peter adds, uh, adds to this, saying that these prophets of the Old Testament era inquired. They thought, Lord, what's this all about? They inquired. They searched diligently into this grace that would in God's time come to us in the New Testament era, searching what? They, they, they asked God, what is this that you've shown me, Lord? And what manner of time? When will this happen, Father? Unto whom in time it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister these things. So God allowed these Old Testament prophets and saints to see things that were never going to come to pass in their lifetimes. And, and these men and women of God prayed. They prayed. They continued to pray. And they were praying in the perfect will of God about these future things that God had shown them. And yet their prayers were never answered during their lifetime. And so, so my question is this, what did God do with those prayers of these Old Testament heroes of faith? Did he just discard them because it wasn't yet his time to fulfill them? Did he just throw them away even though they were prayed in his will, but just at the wrong time? Oh no, he wouldn't do that because you see these prayers were far too valuable, far too precious to just discard them because God in his time would need these prayers in order to fulfill his foreordained plan and will. And so here's what I believe happens to those prayers that are prayed God's will when he's not yet ready to answer them. The Bible teaches that he takes the prayers of his people that have been prayed in his will and he stores them away. Revelation 5 says in golden vials, they're so precious. He stores them away until the time comes to fulfill his prophetic plan. One example is Revelation chapter 8. Verse 3 says, Another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. There was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. You have some prayers there. You do. I have a bunch there. <laughs> Plan to get some more there. With the prayers of all the saints from down through the ages upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took that censer full of prayers filled with fire of the altar, and cast it to the earth. But just listen what, uh, to what happened when these prayers of all the saints of the ages were cast to the earth. The next verse says, The seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. And all of this, mind you, happened in response to the prayers of all God's people, including those Old Testament saints that died in faith, from down through the ages of time, prayers that had been kept in storage until that time of their fulfillment arrived. And so this example shows how that God, when his time comes to fulfill his ancient prophecies, uses the prayers of all the saints of all the ages to bring his will to pass. And here, in this particular passage, we see that these angels, who in God's time are called upon to sound the seven trumpets, actually do so in answer to the prayers of the saints of all the ages until finally that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray will be fully answered. I'm talking about, about that prayer where he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. For This is what will happen when the seventh trump sounds in response to our prayers. 
the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So that's what God's people have been praying about yeah. down through the ages of time. My wife went to a, a conference in the Louisiana district years ago, and Brother Tom Fred Tenney prophesied at that conference, and she brought home a cassette. That's how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. and, and I listened to that prophecy, and it went along with right what I'm saying here today. The prophecy was this. The clouds are already seated. This generation will be the recipients of the prayers of the saints of the ages. I will pour my spirit out in a measure beyond what any man has dreamed or preached. Mm. I will do a quick work, and no man has preached it or envisioned it as big as it will be. Mm. Wow. And so God has been keeping the prayers of his people in store down through the ages of time, awaiting these end times in which we're privileged to live, this season that God, from the foundation of the world, foreordained to be the time of the greatest move of his spirit ever. So as you can see, our prayers do indeed play a very important part in the fulfillment of God's prophetic word. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Doug? I, you know, from while you're sitting there and you're talking about all this, I keep thinking about how Pastor Baxter had, what he would be like when he's praying. And I thought about his prayers being there and things that he saw in Scripture that would be fulfilled. He didn't, he didn't get to see them come to pass yet. But just like you're saying, and I can remember, you know, going back to him doing everything the way he did it. He prayed the same way with so much passion. And uh, I mean, I can remember hearing him pray, uh, Lord, let me just do this. Let me just get this done. You know, especially when he's talking about the revelation and when he was working on it, he's like, Lord, just let me get this revelation done so I can get this out there. And so hearing that, I mean, it's very encouraging. I mean, I'm tearing up and everything, but it's encouraging to me to, to hear that. That's the first time I've ever thought about it. And when you tied it in with Revelation uh, chapter 8 and about that censer full of the prayers of the saints, I can see that. I mean, that's, that was so beautiful. That's amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to just go off there, but that was really cool. No, so, we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think of the power of prayer and that God, that's how he accomplishes his will. I've established a prayer list of just prodigals. Mm. I mean, somebody needs to be calling. You know God, wants, you know you're praying in God's will. Mm, so I've just established a, a, a list of them, all of them I could think of in 40 plus years of pastoring and mm -hmm. just call their name every morning because... Pff, yeah. Want to hit those and last doors year of hell you mentioned, with, like, wow, with this the, revelation that you have on prayer is really what gets you out of bed every morning. It motivates absolutely. you to get absolutely. down on your knees and pray. Yeah, we need more of that. Sometimes I get in my chair if the truth be known. There you go. <laughs> I used to get down on my knees. Right? Yes, understood. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about prayer on the other side of the break. We'll be getting to your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll be right back with Pastor Robert Strupp. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. 
These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back to End Time. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norbell. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Don't forget, we're taking a tour to Israel. We have less than 30 spots available. So if you plan to join us, you better reserve your spot today by going to endtime.com tour, or you can call us at 800-END-TIME and ask for Brittany or Jen, and they'll be able to help you out with that. It's a trip of a lifetime. You get to go spend exclusive time with Dave and Jana and Doug and Tina. They'll be going this time as well. So um, I guess it's probably worth the price just to go have dinner with you every night, Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> boy, that's worth your price right there. So. <laughs> no doubt. Well, um, we have Pastor Straup here with us. We, we already told you that he was a childhood friend of Irvin Baxter. So there are a lot of stories. And, and of course, we didn't want to spend the whole hour talking about those stories because this message of prayer is so important. You know, where we are in the world today, and, and really it's been this way for a long time, but people are starting to wake up to what's going on and, and people are hungry for more. And, and it seems like these prayers that have been bottled up for decades and centuries, things are starting to happen like we've never seen. And we see people hungering for more of, of God and they don't know what that means necessarily, but they're just crying out for something more. And so when he is talking about this, this uh, the, the prayers that he was talking about in the previous um, segment, is it's so powerful that we need to get a hold of this message. We need it to drive us to prayer. You know, you're not wasting time when you're praying for your spouse who is not following the Lord like they need to be. You're not wasting time when you're praying for your kids who have walked away from the Lord. Um, you're not wasting time praying for those promises that he gave you when, a few years ago and they haven't came about yet. Keep praying. Be strong. God is doing a new thing in the earth. And I'm so happy to be part of it. Pastor Straup, you were talking about praying thy kingdom come. You know, and that ministers to me because it seems like it's my nature as a human. You know, I want to pray my kingdom come. You know, I want to pray that, you know, naturally I want things to work out exactly the way I want them to work out or things to work out in my favor. But I've got to stop and go, you know, that prayer starts with our Father. Not my Father, but, you know, us in a community. It's our Father and thy kingdom come. And so talk a little bit about that. I know you've heard 
people over the years that are, and you've counseled people over the years and all your years of pastoring. Uh, we didn't even really get to do a good introduction for you. You've you pastored for 50-some years, is that right? I pastored 45 years Okay. in Gary, Indiana. Later we built uh, Merrillville Borders Gary on the south for 45 years. I pastored three and a half years in Minnesota before that and was an assistant pastor in Toledo, Ohio before that. Okay, so you've so got over 50 years. decades of pastoring. You also led the Indiana District, which is a, gr a group of licensed ministers. I mean, you did that for uh, quite a while as well. 17 years. 17 years where you are the superintendent over hundreds of, of ministers. Correct. So you have certainly spent a lot of time counseling people that perhaps were praying for their kingdom to come. So how do you help people shift that, where they, they get less focused on themselves and more focused on His kingdom? Well, I, I think that selfish way of thinking comes as a result of the fall. Mm. Uh, you know, I changed my message this morning, and I told you guys that. There was yeah. something else I was going to teach. I was going to teach about the first resurrection. Yes. Blessed are they which have part in the first resurrection, you know, for we shall reign as kings and priests with, with God. And usually when we God's people think of, 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 of the, the first resurrection, the rapture, we think about heaven and going up to heaven. You know, I'm going up, I'm going up in the first, we used to even sing about it. But the fact is when we go up, we're not going to stay up very long because we're going to turn right back and come right back down following the marriage supper and, and, and uh uh, the judgment seat of Christ when we get assigned. So I think we should have more focus on that because the, the first Adam messed things up. The last Adam, Christ Jesus, came and restored. His purpose and mission was to restore that kingdom mm. that man had lost because he was created. Adam wasn't created to, to dwell in a mansion up in heaven somewhere and twiddle his thumbs and relax all three times. He was created to rule and reign. He created, God created this earth for us. And uh, so when the first Adam, Adam messed up, the last Adam, Christ Jesus, had to come. God had to come in human form to win back that which man had lost. And what man had lost was the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, God does want, in a sense, our kingdom to come, but that's as we're in submission to Him. Yeah. So the, the cure for selfish thoughts, of course, is, is the fallen self. That's why we need to be born again. We need to readjust our focus and even as saints of God, we need to have our focus, not necessarily be on, you know, I'm looking forward to that day in the distant future when we get to our eternal reward and we get to go to heaven to stay, but that's way down past the thousand year reign of Christ. So I think our focus needs to be on, on that coming physical reign of Christ here on earth because what we're doing now, about three years ago, if I have a moment to tell this, yeah. I was praying in our sanctuary. I was still pastor, and I was praying up in the up in the altar area on our Saturday night prayer meeting. And suddenly, there came a, a powerful thought into my spirit that was injected there by the Holy Spirit, knit my spirit, and I, it was so unexpected that, that that I found myself blurting out something that I hadn't even been thinking. And, and this is what I said: I said, I, you know, I'm applying for a job. I just said it right out loud. I'm applying for a job in the coming millennial reign of Christ. And it's the life I'm living right now that is my only resume. Mm -hmm. I went back to my sound man. I said, did you hear what I just said up there? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He said, I did. I said, well, and you know that, that 
since that time that has changed my life. I pray that nearly every morning. Mm -hmm. I say, God, I'm applying, I'm applying for, a, for a job ruling and reigning with you. And I know that it's the life I'm living right now that's my only resume. So help me to make it a good one, mm -hmm. a very good one. And I think that's real important because the Bible tells us that God's no respecter of persons. What our, our position in that millennial reign of Christ is solely based upon the lives that we're living right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys at the end time, I just want to, you know, when God finishes with you down here on earth, he's at the rapture, he'll not yet be finished with you. Mm -hmm. This is your first calling, but you have another calling. Yeah beyond the rapture. Yeah. You're not going to rest in your mansions yet unless God has one for you on the, on the millennial earth. <laughs> but he's got to work for you to do. And we need to focus on that. Yeah. That needs to challenge us yes. to be the people that we need to be That's for good. God's sake. That's very good. You mentioned being born again. You know, the disciples, you know, they, they talked about being transformed. And we saw where they were. I mean, truth be told, in the beginning, they were about their kingdom. You know, they want to know where they would sit. You know, am I going to be right beside you? Um, and they were transformed. We have, a, we have a, uh, an article on uh, endtime.com. If you go to endtime.com slash reborn, you can learn more about what it means to be born again. Um, and you need to do that. Go there and read that. It's totally free for you to, to read and pray about it. Ask the Lord to reveal things to you. Open up your spirit to receive. Endtime.com slash reborn. And you can learn there what it means to be born again. Now, the disciples, they called it being transformed. So, you know, I've been around church my whole life. I know church people. I know people who have been transformed, born again, and they still struggle with some of this stuff. And there's sometimes I can help some of those people and there's sometimes I can't. And sometimes that is frustrating. Um, so I don't know if you have advice for somebody that maybe they're married to somebody who's been born again and they're not clicking or maybe they are. They can't figure it out for themselves. I don't, how would you how would you tell somebody to uh, to talk to themselves about digging themselves out of where they are? Well, I, I think uh, sometimes. God allows difficulties and troubles to come into our lives for that very reason. Mm. Uh, to help us come to the realization that, hey, I need to make some changes. Yeah. I know that's how it was in my life. I heard somebody preach a one-time message entitled, if the devil had you right where you wanted you, where would that place be? And we can imagine all types of things and drugs here and there and everywhere. But is. uh his answer was, was following Christ, but at a distance. Mm -hmm. Because he said the last place the devil would want you to get is the pig pen. Because when you get to the pig pen, you wake up. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's where the son, the prodigal, woke up and said, you know, I had it a lot better off before I, I made this mess of my life. Wow. I was raised in church. Unlike Irvin, I got away from the Lord in my teen years and uh, got entangled in, in, in various addictive sins. And... Uh, I remember when I was in Pakistan in the Air Force, you know, I tried to quit smoking one time and the best Robert Straub could do was 104 hours. How many days is that? A little over four days. <laughs> but when I got out of the Air Force in June of 68, went out to that campgrounds that belongs to our district now, uh, I prayed through. Tommy Kraft preached that night and I prayed through that night. And that was August 12th of 1968. Wow. 
I was transformed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the, the alcohol was gone, the tobacco was gone. Now that's the difference in what Bob Straub can do and what God can do. I could do, go 104 hours. How, how, how long has it been since August 12th of 1968? So, so I would, I would uh, counsel and advise anyone who's, who's with that, that you feel like you're in the pig pen, you, you made a mess of your life. I prayed when I was in Japan, when I was in Pakistan, I said, God, if you'll just let me get home, I'll serve you. And uh, that's exactly what I needed. And, wow. and it transformed me and changed me. Mm. And so I, I would just advise that, that that's what you need. You need Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Jesus is the one that will transform you. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. With, with everything going on, Vince touched on it a little bit earlier. There's so much going on right now. And because of the last uh, three or four days, we've had these banks that are starting to shut down and people are, are in panic mode all of a sudden because now they, they see a financial collapse coming, they think. And so because of that, I've gotten a lot of emails just over the past couple of days. How would you uh, tell someone to pray if they're scared of that? I mean, we try not to push fear here. We're always trying to help them understand, look, God's in control of this. But how would you tell them to, to pray to run that fear out of their life right now when they're seeing things happen they can't control? Well, you know, Matthew 6, Jesus had a lot to say mm -hmm. <laughs> about not being concerned about those things. Right. I remember, uh, what was it called, Y2K? Yeah. And the whole world, I had some folks even in our church and I even had some preacher friends just so upset that, you know, the whole world is gonna be turned up. But you know, I looked outside and the Lord was feeding those robins out in my yard and he was, I just couldn't imagine that he's going to take, as he told us in his word, take care of all the animal kingdom and he's going to let his people. You know, David said, I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Right. And uh, so my advice would be, you know, you can trust him. Right. You know, he, he says, you're, he, he notes every sparrow. Do you know how many birds there are? <laughs> many, many more times than there are people. Right. And he says, I see every sparrow that falls. Aren't you worth several sparrows? So if he can take care of the animal, he's, mm -hmm. I, just, I just don't worry about those things because you just have to trust God. Absolutely. And uh, he's the supplier of our needs. Yes, sir. It's really a lack of faith. It is. I mean, people are consuming the news more than they're consuming God's they word. And so their faith is more in the next tragedy that's gonna come mm -hmm. because that's what they're consuming. And so we need to get into God's word. We need to pray like you've been telling us we need to pray. And naturally, things will, your perspective will start shifting. And, you know, that's what I talk about. I talk with parents, you know, because I'm a young parent now. I've been, I guess, I've been one for five years. But you know, there's people that complain about their kids' behavior and things like that. But they've set them on the iPad and put their earbuds in and have nothing to do with their kids' life. Well, these kids need to consume different things. And same for adults as well. We're coming up on a break, so sorry I didn't leave you enough time to respond to that. Perhaps you can do it after the break. We are going to get to some more calls on the other side. You can join us. There's some open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Pastor Stroud. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. 
My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with Endtime to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-ENDTIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End Time. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Again, there are open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We're so honored to have Pastor Straup here with us, a childhood friend of Irvin Baxter's. Um, many people call him Bishop as he has led uh, hundreds of ministers for decades and he's pastored for decades. So we are honored that he is here with us today. Pastor Straup, so good to have you again. Um, what do you think Irvin would say if he knew you were sitting in this studio right now? Because as far as I know, you have never been a guest on his show. No, I haven't. <laughs> what in the world? Why did it take so well, long? Well, yeah, it just, you know, I'm going to have to ask him about that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what he might say. I hope he'd be happy. He'd probably say it's about time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved Irvin. We were dear friends. Well... We're going to get to the calls and take a few questions and comments okay. about, um, about what we've talked about so far. But before we do that, sometimes time can get away from us. Is there anything else you want to leave us with before we run out of time for you to, to be able to do that? I want to say to anybody that has unsaved loved ones that prayer has the, the power to convert. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know when you're praying for somebody to be saved, you're praying in the will of God. It's real important to importune. Because sometimes, as Daniel found out, even though our prayers are answered on the first day that we pray them because they're prayed in, in God's will, sometimes the adversary will try to keep our prayers from getting through. But if we'll just importune in prayer, take that battering ram of prayer and come against the gates of hell, mm -hmm. in time, those dells, they'll have to flood open. Jesus told Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. And when thou art converted... Not if thou art. Jesus understood. My prayers are prayed in the will of God, so they will be answered. Mm. So he didn't say if thou art. He said when thou art converted. So I want to encourage parents with unsaved children, unsaved spouses. Uh, you're praying in the will of God. Importune. And in God's time, your loved one will be saved. Now, you're not just saying that. Like, you've seen it happen. Like, in other people's lives. I happen to know a little bit about your story. You've witnessed that. And I, I, I'm not asking you to get into any of those details. You're welcome to as much as you want. But you've witnessed that yourself. Where, yeah. your, where your children... Certainly have. Um, and so um, your testimony is, is where, something that you've seen God actually do in your life personally. Absolutely. Uh, God answering my prayers. And in the case of my salvation, God answering my mm -hmm. grandparents' prayers. Yes. Because uh, my grandmother in particular just wouldn't accept the fact <laughs> that I wasn't serving God. So she just kept 
bombarding the gates of hell until those, those, those gates had to open and I came back to the Lord. Uh, some people give up. They're thinking, well, they just don't want to be saved. God won't violate a person's will, but prayer can change a person's will. It certainly changed mine. Yeah. And uh, so importune, keep praying like, like the friend at midnight yeah. in Luke chapter 11 and like the little wi widow woman in Luke chapter 18. And God will hear and answer your prayers. Amen. Well, let's check out the calls now. We're going to go to Pat in New Hampshire. Pat, welcome to the End Time Show. Good afternoon, Pastor Strout and uh, Vince and Doug. How are you today? We are well. Thank you for your call, Pat. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking my call. And uh, Pastor Strout, from your lips to God's ear, um, I wish you'd add my son David, who lives in West Virginia, to your your prayer list for prodigals. Um, and I'm also convinced that the only hope for our nation in general is another great awakening. Um, if if a financial collapse has to happen, uh, you know, the stock market crash or whatever has to happen to make that happen, then so be it. Like you said, Lord feeds the robins and, you know, the... All the other critters around, he'll feed us or, or take us home if we don't make it. Amen. What's your, what's your question today, Pat? Uh, that w No, I just had the comment. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your call. Um, thank you so much. God bless you, Pat. Uh, we do have some open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll go to Pennsylvania now. Angie is watching there. Angie, welcome to the End Time Show. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, how are you all today? <laughs> we are doing well. Good. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, my question um, has to do with prayer, and um, I was wondering what you all thought. Uh, I'll try not to cry here. <laughs> kind of emotional. But um, uh, when it comes to praying for such a long time, um, I have a lot of health issues. And um, I've been praying for God to heal me. And um, my health just has not improved. And it seems like... Um, more health issues just uh, keep, uh, they keep surfacing and um, I see others get healed which I'm you know very glad glad for them but it, it just seems like for me myself I have faith for them but for me I my faith is very very lacking and um, I just <laughs> if you could help me with that I'd really appreciate it. So she's she's wanting to know, you know, she's she has struggled with her health, and she sees other people get healed, and she's struggling with faith for herself to get healed. And, and what could we say to her to help her in that regard? Well, you know that that's a very dis difficult place to be in, and I think at times like that, because nearly all of us during times of of sickness, when we ourselves are sick, I think God oftentimes lays us on other people's hearts because sometimes it's, maintain, it's hard for us to maintain the level of faith we perhaps need when we're going through it ourselves. So that's why God also has us uh, to pray for one another. And also just before the call, we were talking about importunity in prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, 
our prayers aren't always answered immediately, but that doesn't mean that God isn't planning to answer them, but we can't give up. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing, mm -hmm. for in due season, in God's time, we'll reap if we faint not. So if we know we're praying in the will of God, just keep praying yeah. until okay. our answer comes, because it will. Okay. And Pastor Straub, um, for Angie, I, and for everyone really, wouldn't you say that um, this kind of ties into the power of community? You know, and bearing each other's burdens. And, and, and if we're not in community with people that we can trust and that, that are ministering to us and that we're talking to about our struggles, and I don't know anything about what Angie's got going on in that regard, but wouldn't you say that that, that, that is a very important part of it as well? Absolutely. The uh, Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. And that's how we fulfill the royal law of Christ. Mm -hmm. And as I just said, Sometimes we're just not in, in, in a mental position to, to really travail for ourselves. And that's the time when we have a responsibility as a body of Christ yes. to carry our brothers and sisters through difficult times. Angie, thank you so much for your call. Thank you for being vulnerable with um, the, the, the trial that you're going through. We will be praying with you, Angie. Uh, our team gathers here every single morning at 8 a.m. and we lift up our partners in prayer. So go to endtime.com slash contact, uh, fill out a prayer request form there, and our team will call you by name. And we'll be praying for you, Angie, but that's to everybody. Uh, be sure to do that. We, we mention you by name. We will send you a letter letting you know that we prayed for you. We really believe in prayer here. So be sure to do that at endtime.com slash contact. God bless you, Angie. Thank you so much. Uh, Pastor Straub, my wife and I, as, as we've gone through um, uh, having three children, um, she has struggled tremendously with pregnancy. So for the first three months, she's in bed with chronic morning sickness. She can't even pour her own glass of water. She is so bad sick. And then the last half, well, not the last half, the last few months, she struggles with varicose veins so bad she can hardly get up and walk around. And so we went through that first pregnancy, and it was a struggle. And then the second one, and then the third one, and it was like, man, the further we got into them, the first one, wasn't, it didn't go as nearly as smoothly as the last two, but what we learned was that being in community with people and them knowing that we're going through that instead of us trying to hide it or being embarrassed by it or whatever it may be, um, we just got to the point where we're like, we don't care what anybody thinks anymore. We value that community so much because we see how it has ministered to us and people just loved us through that. And uh, we're so blessed to be part of a group of people that have loved us in such a way. And I know that applies to so many different sicknesses. And, and so um, I've never been able to understand why that some people in the church want to keep their sicknesses and, and things that they're going through from the people of God. Yeah when we're the very people that can help carry them through these difficult times. I really think it's important, yeah. this community that you're talking about. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of people who have been hurt and all that, and so they're not a part of a community. Um, but I, I can tell you that um, we have communities all over the United States and all over the world who we're walking uh, in step with and we trust. And so if you need connection to a local body of believers, that believe like End Time does, go to endtime.com slash contact, select minister, and we will uh, respond to your email very quickly. You can call us at 800 End Time as well. Uh, we are happy to connect you with a local body. Um, let's go to New York. It is time for the Joe Show. Uh, Joe, welcome to End Time. You guys look magnificent. <laughs> now I have three brothers to look at. Yeah, can you believe it? 
<laughs> God, God bless you, Pastor. Thank you for your years of service. I hope, I hope, Robert, you can hear me. Yes, sir, I can. God bless you. I've been walking in the Lord Jesus for 45 years, and I can only share right now what I see taking place upon the nation. I'm in touch with various ministries across this nation. Holy Spirit is raising up the body of Christ. We see it taking place. We're going to see the manifestations more and more. Each ministry has its purpose, like end time, my beautiful brothers and sisters there, to be teaching the prophecies. Others are doing their jobs, but it all comes together by Holy Spirit. I'm amazed that you're talking about prayer, because that's what's been on my heart for the last week or so to be sharing people across this nation about not giving up. Don't go by what you see on the need or on the news. It's false information. I want every believer who hears my voice right now to know if you know and love the Lord Messiah Jesus, you have been given the authority to tear down the works of the devil. You have an authority to bring the word of God, be clothed in the scripture the scriptures and speak it and confess it to all the people you meet wherever you go. Hold true to that. You don't have to be in the five-fold ministry to have the authority. The Word of God doesn't say that. If you are born again and have Holy Spirit leading you, you have the authority. Keep praying. Keep praying. I had people all over this country praying for me for a year when I almost died in physical pain. God delivered me through that. He is healing me more and more. I'm coming up on 76 years of age, and <laughs> it's not easy getting old, but I'll tell you, I learned to draw closer to the Lord Messiah Jesus in that time of suffering, and I want to encourage everyone, no matter what you're going through, Messiah died on the cross for you, and He loves you, and He has a, a purpose for every child. Joe, we've got to cut you off. We're up at the end of the show. Thank you so much for calling. Pastor Straub, thank you for joining us. It's to be here. Thank you. You've got less than a minute. I don't know what you want to say, if you want to say anything, but it was an I, honor I to have I'm, you. I'm good. I've said enough. Right. Thank you, though. Thank you, Pastor Straub. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Don't forget to go to endtime.com and watch.endtime.com. You can access thousands of hours of content totally free. By the way, this is this is powered by partners. So if you want to contribute and help continue to make this available for free, go to endtime.com slash give and become a monthly partner today. We'll see you here tomorrow at three.